the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Hey, welcome to episode 45 of the Free Indeed Podcast. It's so cool to be kind of back doing what we are up to, and uh, we are going to, the format that we're going to stick to, at least for a while as Kirk and I were just talking about this, was we're going to kind of break the podcast into two. And the first part of the podcast is going to be the the format we've done up till now, basically. And that is to, hey, I ask Kirk a question and we just see where it goes. Because uh, Kirk is the subject matter expert. And um, I'm slowly absorbing stuff as I get to know Kirk here over these last few years. So it's taken me a lot longer because I'm not as smart as Kirk. So, but I'm catching up to him. And so I ask the question and then he goes on and then I try to catch up again and ask more questions. That's kind of how the format's been going. And then the second half of our podcast going forward is going to be, how do we talk to, and what do we say to you church leaders out there and um, uh, pastors? And so I hope you are also now part of the audience, pastors and church leaders out there, um, because this is going to help you as well. So we will, we will do that as well. So this is now, yeah, episode 45 and um, I, I assume Kirk, you grabbed your phone as we got started. I saw that, and, and you're going to research that number. Few things. First of all, my voice is kind of weird today. Um, second, uh, that was complete propaganda as far as me being smarter and all this other kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> and third of all, that's complete propaganda about uh, about you not having uh, or hinting about you not having the the depth of of uh, of Whatever you, whatever you want to call it, knowledge or wisdom or something like that, man, you absolutely do at this point. Um, I'm still just catching up. It's been five well, and a half, nearly six years since that first class. You know, so sure. I mean, you're the one that wrote the class. You know, yeah. I have not written a class that depth in that depth. So. That's, that's very true. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but I've sat in the class numerous <laughs> dozens of times, over of the years, times. and then yes, I was pulling up my phone. Um, Let's see, it says 45. I'm going to go biblical numerology on this one, meaning it says deals in reference with maintaining, persevering, oh, I'm sorry, preserving. Oh, no, no, no. I don't know. I went to public school. Um, Yeah, preserving or protecting the things that matter the most to you. Yeah. That's what 45 means? All right. Dealing in reference with maintaining, preserving, or protecting the things that matter the most to you. You know, that's that's actually a good one. It segues into the question I want to ask you today. Oh, I don't know the question. No, you don't. This is um, still the format. I don't Kirk know the question, know the man. Question. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous right now. I'm on the spot. Yep. I don't know. But I, hope, I mean, I we've I done this, this up. you know, over 40 times now. Hopefully, we don't so. mess this up. You know, 40 is a number of testing. So, <laughs> yes, that's right. I should be but we're past that. I know. We're I should be beyond that. the test. Now yep. I'm preserving and protecting. Yep. By the way, everybody, if you want to go back to listen to episode 36, it came out to be 36 minutes exactly after I finished all the editing. Nice. It's kind of weird. Not weird, but I sort of planned it too. It's pretty cool. So today's question, though, Kirk, is it's, it's somewhat related to that. What do you want to tell a guy who's got, say, let's say days, maybe a week or two of victory over pornography? Uh, what would you tell him? And uh, I know it's probably been a while since you've been there, but you've probably also talked to guys. And I know I have talked to guys who have you know, a week or two or uh, some days of victory, what would you tell them? Stop counting. Like, stop counting days. Like, forget that last day. 
Like, don't even, you know, stop focusing on the last time you failed. Stop focusing on the last time you screwed up and focus on tomorrow. Focus on today, matter of fact. Not even tomorrow. Focus on today. Focus on, you know, the the um, the the core of the class, uh, the of the core of free indeed is the score system. What's your score? Focus on that today. But we can get so tied up in um, in how many days I've been free and, you know, how many days I've been away from porn and all this other stuff. And really, you met, you're focusing on the last time you messed up. And so, um, you know, instead of focusing on the last time you messed up, why don't you focus on the next time you succeed and focus on, you know, the success and the freedom that you have today. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of the first thing that came to mind. And then beyond that, beyond that is really just, I would say, give yourself the, the, um, the grace to experience the feelings that, you know, the, you, you'll go through the, for me in my life, and it's even still this way, it can be like the tide. It ebbs and flows, you know, someday, and it's that, you know, I even talk about it and stuff, it's the, it's the, it's the mountain climb, it's the hills and the valleys, it's the, the mountain peaks and the valleys and that sort of stuff. Um, can you add on another layer of analogy there, metaphor? I know, I'm just... Uh, You've got a lot I, of them. I think in pictures. Um, it's helpful, it's very helpful. <clears throat> But there's going to be good days in the battle. There's going to be bad days in the battle. Um, but you are battling. There's another picture. You're in the battlefield, right? And, and so um, stay offensive. Don't be defensive. Man, playing defense sucks, man. Let's just be honest. I mean, playing that prevent defense, nobody likes watching prevent defense on, on TV and football. So, you know, don't sit back and white knuckle the thing and, and just hope to make it through another day. Be offensive. Take your sword and start swinging. Um, do something active. Do something offensive. Do something um, to take the battle to your enemy. Because if you just sit back waiting for the battle to come to you, the fight to come to you, you're going to get your butt kicked. Um, and and so yeah. So I mean that that's 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 the kind of encouragement that I would tell a guy. How long can a guy last doing the white knuckle thing? You think? Not long enough, <clears throat> and that's the point. You don't want to last. I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the shift right there. That's the mentality. The mentality is I don't want to last. Like, I don't want to see if I can last a week or last a month or see if I can last a year. I mean, just think about it, the term last. I mean, that's, you know, no, I don't want to be last. I want to be first. And, yeah, I know last should be first and all that kind of stuff. But, but the whole point is, you know, I'm not trying to go – See, and, and I, you know, so many guys have that mentality. I want to see if I can go a week. You know, I want to see how long I can go. I want to see how long I can, how long I can last. And that's just a matter of time. <clears throat> so you're almost setting yourself up for failure. You're almost expecting to fail. It's just a matter of when are you going to fail so that you can say, oh, that time I lasted a week. Oh, that time I lasted a day. You know, ooh, I lasted six months. Well, if you lasted six months then that means you screwed up again and you screwed up again, you know, with the mentality of I'm going to screw up. So I'm just going to see how long. And so I say, man, forget all that stuff, man. Forget the whole, the whole, the whole mentality of, of just playing defense and just white knuckling the whole thing. If you're not being offensive, man, you're being, you're being defensive. I mean, it's a, this is a, this is an arena. This is a boxing ring. I mean, this is an octagon. And so your enemy is actively trying to smash your face in.
And in this arena, man, in, in this octagon, in this boxing rink, that enemy that you have, that opponent that you have, is being offensive on you, is coming after you day after day. You can't get away. Like, you can't live a day without something or someone walking across your path. I mean, unless you don't go in public and you don't turn on any media at home, whether it be TV or movies or anything like that, you're going to be, you're going to fight the temptation. You know, but the temptation is not bad. You know, temptation is not sin. I mean, Jesus was tempted. I mean, and so, but he did, he never sinned. And so, you know, don't, you know, that, that temptation is going to come to you. Matter of fact, I had this conversation with a guy the other day. He hadn't even physically watched porn in a long time, but he still can't get past the recalling of it all in his mind, in his brain. And so his struggle was the way he put it was he was struggling with, with, um, you know, the way he framed it, he was struggling with lust and it was, you know, and, and that lust kind of manifested in, in, um, you know, in, in masturbation and in recreating the porn in his brain. And so you can't get away from it, man. And it's gonna, you know, it's gonna remind you of it. That IP mistress, man, she ain't going away. I mean, she's coming after you, man. And, and, um, she's always waiting. Just she's like we talked about always, a couple episodes she's ago. always there, man. And yeah. not only that, but she'll, you know, she'll whisper in your ear when nobody else is around. She'll whisper in your ear when everybody else is around. You know, she'll she'll remind you that she's there. And so, um, and so, yeah, I mean, the whole point is, man, you know, if you're swinging, then if nothing else, your enemy has to duck out of the way of your swing. And while the enemy's ducking out of the way of your swing, the enemy ain't swinging at you. And so, you know, my thing is, you know, how are you waking up and being offensive today? What are you waking up doing today um, that is offensive in this battle? And and we happen to teach a score system. Oh, the only people that teach we are the only people that teach a score system, a way of tracking that numerically. I mean, there are other people that have groups. There are other people that say, you know, you should do this on a daily basis, do this on a daily basis, and all that kind of stuff. But we have a score system. I mean, we we have a scoreboard involved in what we do, and so you 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 want to put points on the board? Absolutely. I mean, it, that's what it's about. It's about putting up putting up points, and you know, and so yeah. I mean, that that's that's something that that that, that we've taught coming out of the gate. You know, somebody else, some knucklehead out there, and I can probably think of a couple of names of some people that that will take what they do and they say, oh yeah, well, I'll put a number to mine too. Um, but man, we've been we've been doing this from jump as far as this this score system, these these uh, these points. And so you know, wake up, man, and, and put on the put on the numbers, put on the points. But yeah, I mean, in terms of, I think the original thought is what to tell a guy that is is a day or two or a few days in, and that, that that's the kind of stuff that I would tell a guy. That's what I would encourage a guy to do. Yeah, this thought that comes to mind as you in your previous point, and that is. Uh, around the, the mind, the thoughts, the fantasies, the triggers, because that stuff become, you become a lot more aware. If you're, if you're going to um, take pornography out, so therefore, there's a, a sen- in a sense, there's a vacuum of that image, those images, the, the, the fantasies that you, that you take from your mind and stick on a screen based on your search criteria. You know, I've been there, done it. So, I mean, I know exactly how that process works. 
So then you have all of your past, just as you said, not all of them, I suppose, but a lot of them. It depends, of course, how deep you got into this practice. Um, then you have, you know, these, these, these fantasies that were lived out on screens from the past that, okay, now you're, you're not consuming pornography, but your mind, the mind and the imagination start just going crazy. Um, now tell how, how can, when we talk about getting offensive, I know what you mean. And there's a chance somebody listening may or may not know what that means. There's, we talk about it in previous episodes and right off the top of my head, I can't remember the episode. I'm going to have to, uh, reference it somewhere. Um, I know we talk about our point system in the class, but you know, what about that in terms of how do you, how do you take the mind captive? That's a biblical term. And that's something I've been thinking about lately too. But how do you do that? What's the help there? Because guys' minds, I know, are going to start just exploding with all of these fantasies um, and all of these uh, images and, and portrayals found in pornography that were there because we've got them. Uh, and you really can't escape your own mind kind of thing. So what's what's a practical help for guys that are, okay, I'm not taking in pornography anymore. Okay. But I want to stop having all of these, you know, one guy told me a couple of years ago, I was helping coach. He said, I can't stop thinking about sex. It's just constant. And he was a single guy. And so I'm like, well, I mean, I know, I know what I'm thinking. I told him, but at the same time, what, what would you tell someone like that? Yeah. You know, the, the idea of taking the thought captive, you know, a, a thought is a thing, right? So a thought is a noun. Um, you can't stop thoughts, like you just you can't stop a thought that pops into your mind. It just happens. Our brains just do that. That's the way our brains are wired. You can't stop a thought. You can control your thinking though. What you do with that thought. When that thought becomes thinking on it, that's when it's your responsibility because thinking is a verb or think is a verb. Right. And so think is an action. <clears throat> and so um and so in the in the context of you know, taking my thoughts captive is what do I do with that thought? When you have that thought, do I stew on it? Do I sit on it? Do I continue thinking about it? I mean, you know, let's be, what guy has not been out somewhere in public and has seen a great pair of yoga pants come walking by? I mean, yep. and then you're, then you're in that thing. And then, you know, then you do that thing of, okay, first of all, okay, you look once. Yep. And then it's like, okay, who am I with? Who's around me? Do they see me, you know, like I want to look back, I want to look back, but, you know, but, 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 but is so-and-so going to see me or, or is everybody around me going to see me? Because everybody else sees this too. And, you know, if, if I'm with my wife, like, the, you know, my, I know my wife sees that. And so I know my wife is looking at me and, or out of the corner of her eye, she could be looking the other direction and she's looking at you um, out of the back of her head. Um, you know, if you're with kids, you know, my kids, you know, the, my kids are watching what I'm going to do in this moment. And so, you know, every guy has had that dilemma of like, oh, I want to look again. I want to look again. A, I don't want to look again. Um, B, who else around me is looking at me not wanting to look again or looking again and all that kind of stuff. And then you end up with this, you can end up like spinning off in this whole other universe just because of what's in front of you here and, and, uh, just because of just because of what's you know what what's what's presented, and, and so you have a thought, you have a moment of okay, what do I do with that thing? It becomes a decision. It becomes a decision. Yeah. It becomes a fork in the road. Yeah, and that fork in the road, you know, is where you have control. Now, 
we can think we don't have control because we failed at that fork in the road so many times and we've ended up disappointed in ourselves or we end up whatever. But we do have control in that moment. And in that moment, you can say, you know, what, what do I do? I often begin praying for that person without looking at them. Um, well, first, of, first and foremost, I give myself, you know, slack. I give myself grace for being human, being a man. Like, you know, God wired me to like pretty women. I mean, you know, maybe not everybody is like that, but he wired me for some reason to like to uh, visually partake of pretty women. Beauty. We like beauty. I do. I mean, pretty sure most of the guys listening, same thing. Probably. And so I'm not broken. God wired me that way. I mean, and, and he wired me that way for a reason, so that I would be a male and I would be prone to procreate and I would be prone to pursue. Some of it is is purely physical. Some of it is is like essence and energy. Like I am drawn to feminine energy and, and a feminine presence and a feminine being. And so, and, and you know, part of that is is just God wiring me to, to connect and to relate. He did that to Adam way back in the garden. You know, when, when Adam first saw the woman, well, first saw the thing before she even was a woman, Adam said, whoa, man, yep. um, yeah. and, uh, and, and called her a woman. Is that the Hebrew version? <clears throat> right. And so, uh-huh. you know, and, and so my point being is that, I, I, you know, first and foremost, I'm like, okay, I'm not broken because I like that. Right. You know, Remember a lot that. of guys do think yeah. something's wrong with me because why well, can't God wired you that way? I mean, that that's that's genetics. That's that's like biology. I mean, that's that's human nature. That's that's us as as you know, loosely speaking, the 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 animalistic part of who we are, just the way we're we're wired, the the way we're wired on a subconscious level. Um just our nature of who we are. Now, so okay, so I got that, beat that horse, that that horse of death. So I, I, you know, I give myself grace for for being human and being the way God made me. And then I decide, what am I going to do with that? The way God made me. The way God made me is not inherently bad. Um, he made me that way for good reasons. I've been hijacked um, by in my wiring to to take that to the extreme and to consume. But I keep myself from consuming those yoga pants and what's in those yoga pants consuming. And every guy knows what I'm talking about where you can get to the point where you can visualize everything you would do with that. Like, Ooh, if I just, Ooh, Ooh, if I, Ooh, give me mm, three and a half minutes, maybe even four. I mean, that's a quote from a, a movie Friday, which you probably never saw Mike. Um, I guess not. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, you know, but to keep me from getting to the point where I begin to consume her, I begin to pray for her. <clears throat> and you can't, you know, you 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 can't consume something you're praying for. You know, even at Thanksgiving, you pray for it and then you consume it. I mean, consume it as far as eating, but you know, but um, and so, you know, even you know, Jesus repeatedly in the Bible, he he he, you know, he blessed it, then he broke it. <clears throat> and so, you know, the 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 praying for it comes before the breaking of whatever that cycle is, whatever that pattern is. And so I begin to pray for her and that's kind of how I handle that moment. And then I just, you know, I mean, I don't need to look at her to pray for her and I don't even need to let her know I'm praying for her. And it doesn't have to, you can do this pretty quickly. Oh yeah. And it's a, 
break in the cycle. It is. It's and a break I, in the cycle. I acknowledge that she is somebody's daughter. She somebody's sister. She may be somebody's mom. She may be somebody's wife. Um, I got three daughters. And so, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's easy for me to get into the space of a father and to pray for her as a daughter to somebody. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of how I deal with that in that moment. But I, and so I just don't, I don't continue the thought into thinking. And when I say thinking, I mean like consuming her and, and, and having her be an object. The imagination. That's, right. that's for me, that's been my path is the imagination. So we want to help guys, you know, get to that place of not just white knuckling and, and taking pornography out of your life. Believe it or not, pornography serves a purpose. And we went all through the six V's um, in the most recent episodes where we talked about what does the IP mistress offer? That's all those things are good things in and of themselves, but trying to get those things through pornography, that's where the, the detriment comes in. That's where, you know, it does not help. And that's how pornography comes like a drug. So we, we sure hope this has helped you guys. Um, you know, I hope that you're getting this victory. We want you not just to have victory. We want you to be free. And that's why we call this work and ministry free indeed. Uh, it's not just about being free. It's about being free indeed. And we want to make sure you guys know that uh, we want you to have that. And that's part of why we're doing this podcast. We want you to be free, free indeed. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, free is abstinence. Free indeed is offensive. There free indeed is dope. I mean, so that that's the whole point of like, man, you know, this you know, it's a mentality shift, man. We're not trying to passive this thing. We're trying to active this thing. We're trying to take everything that was bad and use it for good. We're trying to take all of that. I mean, you think about it. What if you took all the desire, all of the wiring, all of the time that you spend consuming porn, and you put that into some kind of purpose that can make the world a better place? I don't care if that's volunteering somewhere. I don't care if that's out driving Uber and Lyft, just creating something, creating some revenue or something like that. But what if you took all that time, effort, and energy and you put it into something? I mean, how much production can come out of that? And so that that's the whole point here, man. We're, we're you know, we're 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 turning this thing upside down. That's man. part of why I'm, this podcast came into existence. You know, I want to I wanted to take some of that desire. I love podcasting, I love the idea of it and creating it and working with it. And now this is, you know, what we're about with doing this. Right. And so. and you know, as we're you know, as we wake up this morning it happens to be an early morning on the weekend, but you know, as we wake up and do this, this is time that we're that you and I personally are not spending somewhere thinking about in a bad way, porn right, right. or or doing it or whatever. And then you know, and then yeah, to your point of the podcast, then you know, then it goes home, and then there's the editing and the production and the and the publication and all that kind of stuff. So you know, we took something that was a detriment to us and taking all of our knowledge, info, wisdom skill, time, all that kind of stuff. And we're actually turning the tables on porn itself and we're exposing it. And we're, you know, we're, we're, we're going after it. We're being offensive going after that thing. You know, the two of us are not just sitting around, you know, like a bunch of schleps just kind of, you know, being offensive, white knuckling this thing. No, we're up early yep. going after this thing. So that brings me to, that brings us to the, to the kind of the end of our first part of the podcast. And so continue listening on to the second part of the podcast, we have more that we are doing. Uh, we are doing more than just this uh, podcast and more than just uh, our, our, my coaching. So uh, stay tuned.
We'll be back to the podcast in just a minute. I, I don't often talk about my own coaching, but I wanted to point the point people to this if you'd like. This is individualized coaching for any of you guys out there who would like some very specific, very uh, you-centric uh, help to get out of pornography. And so if you just go to menrestored.com, that is my page for my coaching practice, menrestored.com, and I would love to work with you individually. We can even do group coaching if you like. We start that every other month. Um, can't do it um, on demand just because we need to have enough guys ready to have group coaching. But if you'd like to, go to menrestored.com, and you can learn about individual coaching from me. And now let's get back to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast. And so uh, now we're going to do this this pivot we've been talking about. And pivot, pivot, pivot. Are you a friend, a fan of Friends? No. You know what I'm talking about? No. You did that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. If you've not been a fan of Friends, that's a that's a word that, that was used in an episode, and it was a hilarious scene. So really? Go back, and I'm, I'm not trying to uh, distract people, nor you, Kirk. Yes, you are. But this pivot, you're a big distraction. Pivot, is uh, is a line you distracted me, show. man. I was so focused right now, and then you just yeah, distracted right. me. Uh-huh. Now I'm pivoting. Now we're pivoting. So uh, here's what we want to do. Uh, this the first part of our episode. There was a part of the, the what we talked about, and that is the power of the mind. And so for you uh, church leaders out there and pastors who are listening to this, we would like you to. I'd like you to take your imagination. Use your imagination. I believe God gave us an imagination that can um, move us forward. Um, and, and give us strength and use the imagination that God has given us to paint this picture of your church. This is what we want to spend this first, uh, I say first episode, first episode, I guess, of us talking to you about this. Imagine your church. Now, here's what we're working on with what we're doing. We are, um, we are willing to go to your church and teach uh, anybody you want, but specifically a couple of guys um, to become for you the, the, uh, we're going to call you guys the brave hearts. Kirk and I already agreed on this. We're going to call you the brave hearts, um, in your church, but imagine your church where you have no men looking at pornography. Imagine all the men in your church willing to step up their role in their home, their leadership, their strength, their wisdom, their experience, Imagine a church where uh, you could be equipped fully as a church to reach the community for the gospel and the kingdom. That's where we want you to talk about. This is kind of where we're going today is to imagine your church in a place where there is no hindrance to what you can do in the community except as what we put on it. Up till now, we have been talking about this rather... Uh, rather um, unfortunate, very unfortunate statistic. There are 93% of churches out there that don't have a plan to uh, deal with pornography. This is directly from, I believe, the Covenant Eyes website, Kirk? It's a couple studies. One is uh, Covenant Eyes. One is, I think that particular stat might be from like Barna Group or something like that. But yeah, there's a couple There's a couple studies. I think I read it on the Covenant Eyes, but they're basing <clears throat> yeah. it on that study. Yeah, yeah. It's coming, yeah, it's coming through a whole lot of sources. But absolutely, I mean, that means... You know, when, when guy shows up, you know, and that, that 93% is a huge number. But the other huge number is that I think it's at least 7 out of 10 pastors have uh, say that pornography has negatively impacted their church. And 
and roughly that same number have had men come to them for help with pornography. From um, the congregation. Right, from within that church. Yeah. <laughs> and like half of the homes and churches uh, have some kind of a porn problem, whether that's um, within a marriage or, or within the teen in the house and all that kind of stuff. Point being, when somebody comes to pastor saying, hey, I got this porn problem, or when, you know, when... When wife calls saying that my husband is ruining our marriage, ruining our home with porn, or when husband or and or teen says, you know, hey, I got, I, I can't stop doing this. Ninety three percent of churches have to say, um, we don't have anything to deal with this within our church. We can refer you to counseling. You know, we we got a counselor that we can refer you to, or we have a counseling staff, or if you happen to be in this area where we live. Hey, you know, these guys, Kirk and Mike, they're teaching his class, blah, blah, blah. Call them. Um, but 93% of churches don't have something in-house that they can um, that they can send people to or direct people to or immediately point somebody to as far as a resource. And I would imagine that even that other 7% um, that do, uh, since we're the only ones that are doing it, if we haven't worked on it, there's not a score-based plan to do that. We're the only score-based behavioral method specifically targeting pornography anywhere. I mean, I'm not talking a small group. I'm not talking a discussion group where guys sit around, you know, and, and tell how bad they struggle with porn and talk about the shame and the guilt. And all that's fine, and talking about it is fine, and I'm not putting that down. But I'm just saying, you know, our perspective is being offensive. Our perspective is a class to actually teach you how to implement a score system to get free. And so not only does 93% of churches not have an in-house resource, but at the same time, you know, like I said, unless we've worked um, with that particular church, then that resource is not a score-based behavioral method specifically targeting pornography. And so, yeah, I mean, that that's a huge number. That 93% is gargantuan in terms of, in terms of, you know, when person comes to when person comes to pastor, you know, they don't want to have to call anybody else. They don't want to have to go tell somebody else. They don't want to have to start with a new counselor, or a new therapist. I mean, let's just talk about their experience. I mean, they will if they have to, if they're pushed that far. But but really, I mean, they, they, they come to the church because they want help with the church. I mean, if, if you know, I, I mean, if they're if they're coming to, let's say you, pastor, and and they they're trusting you enough to open up and share this deeply painful thing in their life you know the it, it it can be a really disappointing thing for them to say or to hear well call so and so or you know or if the pastor wants to help which i know you do oh absolutely you don't feel like you can now empowered empowered let me uh uh read to you just a quote. I sent this article to you a while back, Kirk, and if you're interested, uh, anybody listening, the article is, uh, How Do Church Members Fight Porn Addiction Together? from 9marks.org. And uh, one of the pastors is, there's a quote in this article. This is a quote. Listen to this. This one issue, talking about pornography, prevents more men and some women from serving in leadership roles than any other sin. This one issue prevents more men and some women from serving in leadership roles than any other sin. That's a very strong, very definitive statement. And so this guy's coming from a perspective. This church evidently is one of the churches doing something about it. But 
the majority of churches, I understand, is my guess, is there's a guy or a lady pastor out there who gets this, they hear it, and yes, you want to help, and you're going to pray with this guy, you're going to hold this guy accountable, uh, you're going to do everything and you can, but you're one guy. You're only one person. Right. You're only one person who can help. And so uh, you're doing what you can, and I know that you're trying. You may not be trying. I don't know. Um, but we want to then help you imagine a church that has this problem all but eliminated. Yeah, when pastor comes out of pastor school, I don't know, was that seminary? Um, you know, there, there are a lot of things that I, I think, and from what I, you know, from talking with pastors and that kind of stuff, there are a lot of things that, that pastors are not equipped for. I mean, there's so many things that are involved in being a pastor. I mean, everything from all of a sudden you're dealing with, you got to understand medical issues when people are going through this and that, and what does that mean, and and death and finances and all these different ways, all these different things that happen in people's lives that um, that is kind of on-the-job training kind of thing. And, and so, no, there's no class in seminary about how to deal with or how to get free from pornography or how to help people, you know, struggling with this thing. And so, you know... And so there is that, you know, I want to help them. I have a deep passion to help them. I'm I'm a pastor because I want to because I'm a shepherd heart and, and I want to help them. Um, but you know, but but not knowing how or not being empowered to is the thing. And you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people kind of, you know, throw shade at pastors because we don't talk about it in a church. We don't talk about porn in a church. We don't talk about porn in a church. We should talk about it more. We should talk about it more. My theory is, well, if I was a pastor, which I'm not, but if I was a pastor, if I don't have a solution, I'm going to be less bold to really go in on the problem. And so this is empowered. So our whole, the envision is you pastor being empowered to go after this thing that you know is scourging your church. You know that homes are struggling, that homes are being torn apart. You know that divorce is happening. And when divorce happens, people leave your church. You know that people are hurting. You know that wives are dealing with PTSD because their husbands can't stop looking at porn. You know what's happening in your church and, and, and. And yet at the same time, what do I do about it? What do I do about it? And so the how fantastic would it be if a guy came to you or a wife came to you saying, we have this problem in our home, and you say, hey, guess what? We got this class that we teach in our church. We can teach the class. We, matter of fact, we have one scheduled where it's a group thing, or as a matter of fact, we're empowered to even, to even work with people one-on-one. So you don't have to go anywhere else. We got this all in-house. Oh, by the way, what if there is a pastor on your staff that struggles? I mean, hey, we got this in-house. We don't even have to refer you anywhere else. Talk about the empowerment that that comes through, that comes to, and your ability to stand in that pulpit and to call it out for what it is, and you're not shaming people. You're not, you're not leading people to the law without showing them the grace. You're not, you're not. You, you, you're not putting them on the spot to now have to deal with it themselves. When you call it out, you're calling it out because you have a solution in your church. How empowering would that be as a pastor? Like, you know, yeah, we're dealing with this. You know, the reason we call out sin is because we have a solution because we have a cross. I mean, I can call out sin and I can, you know, I, I, as a pastor, because guess what? You know, I can lead you directly to the, to the solution for that sin problem. And so when you call out, you know, when you, your ability to call out pornography, guess what? We have a solution right here in our church that we can help you. I mean, I, if I were a pastor, I would be tremendously empowered just by that itself. And, and then beyond that, how 
imagine what the what the reaction would be for the wife, the wife that's struggling in silence. Imagine what the reaction would be for her when she comes to pastor and says, hey, we have this problem. And the pastor says, you know what? We got you. We got we have yeah. a solution right here. Think about like as a pastor, you do a lot of couples counseling, premarital counseling, and you ask this question. And what if the men in your church were already dealing with this? What if the men in your church already were were getting victory over this in their lives? Not only that themselves individually, but they are supporting each other. And there are there are resources that they can find in themselves and um, that they can become the men that they're meant to be in their marriages and in your church and in the community. Yeah. You can't have men's ministry without pornography being, being involved in that heavily. You can't have a teen ministry without pornography being heavily involved. Or in counseling ministry. You can't have a counseling ministry, a counseling staff. You can't. I mean, if there's a couple that's in relationship crisis, I can almost guarantee that pornography is involved in that. And I tell therapists that all the time. If there's a couple in your office or a spouse of a couple, if one of the two or both of them are in your office, you, I promise you that, I mean, there you can just assume it. If there's a teen that, that is in your midst, nine out of 10 boys and six out of 10 girls will graduate high school this year regularly consuming internet porn. Nine out of 10 boys. So look across your congregation, look across your teen ministry, I mean, and do the math. Nine out of 10 boys. And so that one that stands out, and you can say, oh, well, my son would never. Okay, well, that means nine other boys do in in his circle. And so, you know, do you trust him to be stronger than nine of, nine of his closest friends? You know, but but you can't. So you can't do certain ministry without without acknowledging um, something like pornography um, within the midst. And so, yeah, the power of men supporting men in this and, and it being safe, it being safe for a guy to say, yeah, I struggle with this. And because, you know, we have something in our church to do. I mean, we as a church are open with this being an issue so much so that we we are committed to doing this. The staff is on board. We're not going to freak out, you know, by 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 you guy coming forward it's safe to to deal with this in a men's perspective when you can create safety you have deep men's ministry when you can create safety you have deep teen ministry i mean when you can create safety that is marriage ministry i mean and so all of your ministries end up going deeper because you've created safety around a sensitive topic that all of them are impacted by and all of them are affected by yep uh in my own experience one of the reasons why pornography has such a draw is the intimacy factor. And we want a church community that thrives on intimacy. And, you know, if you just work backwards into, you know, intimacy with our relationship with God individually, uh, you work backwards, you know, take one step further up though, and go intimacy into the, the relationships and the foundation to any church is the marriages and within those marriages or, in those marriages is the is the intimacy between the husband and wife, and then that foundation also includes uh, the families. And so, you take pornography out of someone's life, you you create a place for real intimacy to happen. And to me, that's another powerful, uh, another powerful um, piece to this, or a pillar, if you will, to a church. To you, you create this place where real intimacy can happen, even in, and especially between men in your church to be able to move forward 
in the battle. And I hope as you as a pastor, you are willing to, you know, be in front of your congregation, moving them towards this, this uh, vision into the community to advance the kingdom. It's going to be opposed and the enemy's already at work. And so uh, why not take the battle to him? Yeah. You can't have intimacy without safety. Um, exactly. Because safety leads to trust. Safety and trust go hand in hand. And so, um, but being able to live like that, that's a, that's a family, that's a community. I mean, that's, that's, that's an acts kind of church where, um, acts is in biblical acts. Um, not the chop down a not tree, chop down tree acts. Um, where we are living within each other's lives and it is safe and we are sharing whatever, whatever we have with each other and all those kinds of things. We are living intimately. Um, and intimacy is not just sexuality, um, but intimacy does involve the safety. It does involve the trust. It does involve transparency. It involves vulnerability. All those kinds of things are in the recipe for intimacy. Um, and I mean, it involves, you know, after Jesus raised from the dead, you know, when he, when he appeared and, and, you know, he appeared that, that second time up there. And, you know, after, after, you know, Thomas was like, yeah, right. I don't believe it. I believe it when I see it kind of thing. You know, he, you know, the perfect picture of intimacy is Jesus said, here, give me your hands, put his hand. He put Thomas's hands in his wound. That's what intimacy is. Mm-hmm. Give me a, put your hand in my wound, feel my wound. I mean, and, and, when you are safe, when you are open with your wounds and you allow someone else to experience your wounds and to touch your wounds, that's when you have intimacy. That's, that's the perfect picture of intimacy. And that was non-sexual. That had nothing to do with relationship. That had nothing. That was, but that was pure intimacy. Like I was cut. I was bruised. I was cut open. Look at, I mean, my piercings. I was pierced. I was cut. But here, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Put your hand right here. And so now you can feel, you can see I'm real. You can see this is real. And, and that's what the picture of, I mean, ministry is. I mean, that's what a picture of ministry within a church is. And so, again, I go back to the fact that, <clears throat> yeah, to your point, you know, that, that foundation is, is, is marriages in the church. And I'm telling you, I mean, you know, if you have a strong men, male man community in a church, you have a hugely strong church. And you cannot have, I'm, I, I'm bold in saying this, you cannot have strong man connection, man relationship, a, a strong male population, a strong male bond in any kind of ministry. And we, you know, we work with, you know, some very significant men's, specific men's ministries. Um, and it, it comes up. It ha- I mean, it just is. And so it's the elephant in the room. And when a guy brings it up and we just let him, you know, we just don't do it like guy brings it up in the circle and we just kind of guy brings it up for a reason. Oh, he needs help. He's yep. drowning. Yes. He's drowning. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm coughing. Um, but he's drowning and he needs help. And, and, you know, if we don't offer him help, we've, we've put him in a position where he was vulnerable and we didn't do anything about it. Right. We weren't empowered to do anything about it. So pastors and leaders, imagine your church where there is intimacy, vulnerability, a solid foundation. And imagine because pornography is not the, is, has been a, a past issue. I suppose it's never going to go away, but your church is doing something about it. Um, let's imagine together the difference your church can make. And that's what we're about. That's what we are working towards. And that's what we will come to your church and do. We will teach guys how to be free and then be able to teach other guys how to be free.
Yeah, I've had this conversation, you know, when I have this conversation, with, and this is why I, I, I get so excited because I, I, I see the light come on with pastors like, wow, we can actually deal with this and you don't have to recreate the wheel. We have the full package of the class, slides, notes, all that kind of stuff. And, and this is not us coming to teach the class just to teach the class. And we're coming to teach you how to teach the class. And so we come in, we'll teach it just so you see it done. But then when we, but then after that, we will actually work with you to empower you and, and certify a couple of few people in your church to go forward and teach this class. So this is a resource that you are teaching for the church, by the church, through the church, in the church. And so that's the beauty of it all is, is that we're not just offering to come teach the class. We're offering to come teach you how to teach the class. And, and then we give you the class and, and the whole package, the whole kit. Again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, and then it's yours going forward to, to, to teach within the confines, within the walls of your church. The last time I talked with the pastor, he, a matter of fact, the one that the next one that we have coming up, he was like, I, I want to be one of the people certified to teach the class. And I'm like, boom, let's do it. And so, um, mm. You know, the, the level of excitement of a, of a pastor, I see that light come on, and it is so fantastic for them to be like, yeah, finally, you know, I, I, I hate this in our church, and now I can do something about it. You know, now here is the, the resource, and so that, that, that's the exciting part, and that's the thing that we, get, that we get pumped up about. Yeah, we'll continue talking about this, and we hope in future podcasts, that's, this is the idea, is we want to give you some, at least some practical points. Uh, we're going to experiment with kind of the balance of the entire podcast of the first part where we talk about, you know, I ask Kirk the question and the second part will be, how can we help you churches and church leaders out there? So, um, we're going to continue to talk about how to get us to you and, you know, where to go to find us and all of that. You just, uh, you know, the website right now, freeindeed36.com. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.